Welcome, everybody, to the second edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast this week. Earlier, you heard from fullback Alec Ingold. That was back on Monday. And today, we we return. It's still NFL draft-centric here on Bucky's Fifth Podcast. We got Owen Reese. And Owen, Owen, tell us, uh, you you know our guest very well. You've worked with them. Uh, please introduce uh, you know our guest for this evening. Yeah, for sure. It's certainly a guy that doesn't need an introduction. Uh, one of my, uh, I'm lucky to call him a good friend. I met him the last few years down in Mobile. Uh, he's a good dude. Uh, he does great football work. Uh, he writes for The Athletic. He writes for Flow Football. He has his own website that has an immense amount of content, footballgameplan.com. Our guest tonight is Emery Hunt. What's up, man? How's it going? What's going on, Jake and Owen, man? I appreciate you guys having me on. Appreciate you coming on the show. And I mean, you know, and of course, being a Wisconsin Badger centric podcast, you know, we're really looking, you know, we, Owen and I have, we've covered this team. We've gone to games, we've interviewed these players. So, you know, I don't know if there's some rose colored glasses, if you will, in terms of just what we feel these players can do at the next level. But overall, from, from your opinion, Emery, what, what are the overall impressions of this Wisconsin class that, you know, on their projections and where they could land in the NFL. You know, and it's it's tough to say this because I'm a big fan of Wisconsin football and the talent that they pump out. But I think this year is is you know it's probably on a more of the the lower end as far as depth is concerned. You know, I like the you know the the offensive linemen that are in this class. Obviously, and I, I'm a big fan of Alec Ingold. Uh, everywhere else, I think you know this is not the the deepest bunch of badgers we've seen uh come out of madison for sure uh we i think there's a this is um something that uh it's kind of been a few years coming this is the first like full four-year group that's been with paul christ and uh this class has suffered quite a bit of attrition so um emory with you uh thinking here who do you think in your opinion who's the first badger going to be off the board i think it's probably one of the offensive linemen but if you had to guess which one do you think is coming off first Michael Dieter, I, I, I'm a big fan of his game, man. I just like how he's able to, you know, consistently get movement up front. Um, he's athletic. Uh, he's a guy that, that definitely does a great job of, of finishing his blocks. And once he locks on, you know, you pretty much don't get off. You don't see defensive linemen disengaging pretty quickly from him. So I think he's more ready to step in and, and play right away at the next level. And I think he would be the first one. And it wouldn't surprise me to see a team spin a draft pick on Alec Ingold as well because, very good blocker, consistent in that area, but can catch the football really well. Um, shows some good wiggle in the open field, too. And, you know, I think those two guys, two offensive guys, will probably be the more um, – will be, you know, probably the first ones to go off the board as far as draft is concerned before, you know, you get the other offensive linemen in there. Uh, ben Shaw, uh, how do you pronounce his last name? Ben Shaw. Ben Shaw. That, you know, I have him going off after Ingle. And then you can go on with Van Ginkle and uh, Dakota and those guys like that. Uh, what do you think? Uh, so I, I think, and and I think Badger fans will appreciate this is that uh, I think this this group of Badger linemen, uh, obviously with Dieter Benshaw and then Dave Edwards as well. I think they're uh, suffering a bit of the same issue that the Clemson defensive line 
um, has suffered from for most of this year. I think that they've been uh, on the draft radar, quote unquote, for such a long time um, that I think, to be honest, within the media, people kind of get bored with them because they, they've known what they are for so long. Uh, do you think that's the case? And do you think that, um, you know, obviously uh, for someone like Dave Edwards was played injured for most of the year and uh, probably a lower, uh, lower draft pick this year than he would have been last year. But, um, you know, I guess in your opinion, uh, with with these Badger linemen, do you think they're being underappreciated uh, because, like I said, because throughout the media, at least um, because they've been kind of known for so long? I think they are always underappreciated. It's funny because you could say the same thing about Alabama players, you know, especially their offensive linemen and their defensive linemen. We've seen these guys for so long. And, you know, the difference between Alabama and, and Wisconsin is that Wisconsin's guys used to stay all four and five years, you know, with Alabama guys tend to leave early. But I think people are constantly talking about Bama's front seven defensively and their offensive line, but they tend to over or underrate what Wisconsin brings to the table and think it's just some sort of, they, they treat it as a system and not individual players. And this is a great job of recruiting number one, but also a great job of developing that's why you can essentially you can't go wrong with the Wisconsin offensive lineman more so I think than an Alabama offensive lineman. Um, so I don't know why the they tend to underrate Wisconsin. Maybe they don't they don't like the brand of football, but I think it's a, a great brand of football. It's something that you know people can watch and it can easily translate to what you're going to see on Sunday. Um, that's why I just love the prospects that usually come out of here when it's time to watch a Wisconsin Badger game. Um, I'm excited because I know I'm going to see someone that's going to be technically sound someone that's going to be, you know, a master of their craft and, and someone that's going to prove to be a really good football player. And and that kind of leads me up to the next question. I was going to ask. Obviously, uh, maybe more so now than, than ever, uh, I think Wisconsin is, is probably in the minority at this point in how they, uh, how they play football at the collegiate level. Um, we're seeing more and more spread schemes, more and more, um, you know, emphasis on getting your uh, and then on defense as well, uh, you're seeing a lot of teams kind of go to the four two five that that overbox on a consistent basis, uh, and and not as much um, you know three four stuff on defense. Do you think, I guess, as an evaluator, um, how how easy is it to translate uh, UW players' success at the next level, or where they win, or where they need to improve based on employees? I think it it helps them because they're seeing things from a pro perspective. Um, especially up front, you know, by them playing the way they play, it forces a defensive, you know, team to, to align themselves and, and get into um, more formations to adapt and, and, and match up. So I think that's why it's easy to project. When you look at the secondary, the fact that they are playing in the Big Ten, which hasn't been known, you know, as a passing conference for quite some time, but, you know, teams are now starting to spread the ball out and, and try to attack. But the fact that Wisconsin goes up against their own offense in practice, they're they're understanding a little bit more um, from a schematic standpoint. Despite despite not seeing the, the spread, they're great athletes. Number one, so they can you know they can go and match up against a team that wants to spread you out and, and uh, try to attack you on a perimeter. They they have the talent there. That's another big misconception that they people think that Wisconsin's secondary can't run, but that's never the case. Um, so I just think that. Because of what you know, them practicing against their own offense, and the fact that they play a different brand of, of football kind of forces you to to play their way, um, and that's why they've been so consistent and had a lot of success in the win loss column. 
All right. So speaking of the Badger secondary, I'm glad you brought that up. That's uh that's professionalism, folks. It's a segue. Um, <laughs> last year, last year you loved, last year you loved Natrell Jamerson. He was your top free safety. Um, and I really enjoy how you do your rankings uh, because you you split the players up. Uh, into the different things. It's not as simple as just saying, well, he's my top safety. I know you do a lot of work as far as strong safety, free nickel, and some of those flex defenders. Um, obviously free safety, but uh, you know, what a prospect. I know he didn't probably have the combine he wanted to have, but, um, and another thing with you, I know a lot of times he's really maligned for his size. I know question for me, because I know what your answer is, but um, you know, what your thoughts on Dakota Dixon and, and, do you think that size is a skill in prospects? Well, you know, I've I've built my whole platform on size not being a skill. And it's just so fun to see it now come around to where you have a 5'10 quarterback about to perhaps go number one overall in the draft when just three years ago suggesting that a 5'10 quarterback be taken seriously as an NFL draft prospect, I got laughed at. And this, you know, so for me, I, if you can play, you can play. If you're good enough, you're big enough. So I, I don't even look at size and measure guys or rank guys because of how big or tall they are. Uh, but for me, Dakota Dixon is a, is a solid, strong safety. Um, not the not the most explosive, you know, so probably going to start out initially as a special team before earning his way in a regular defense. But you like that he was able to compete out there and especially versus the run. You saw him fly up in the alley, make plays, make tackles. But when it was time to cover, and we know this is where you have to really have some skills as a strong safety and coverage, I thought the lack of explosiveness kind of showed up there and his inability to transition, you know, with some fluidity. But, you know, when you're looking for a a spot guy, a special teamer, um, a guy that's going to know his assignment, then Dakota Dixon is is definitely a player you want to take later in the draft. All right. uh, One more question about this Badger defense. over the past few years, they've kind of developed a reputation. I don't know if they have this nationwide, but I know at least UW fans take a lot of pride in it, um, especially since Dave Aranda came in. I know he's obviously at LSU now, but he kind of eased in this transition to the 3-4. And over the past few years, we've seen guys like Joe Schobert and Vince Beagle and TJ Watt, uh, Jack Sitchie, uh, and quite a few other uh, linebackers, Garrett Dooley and Leon Jacobs last year, uh, end up in the NFL uh, after – being in this defense as a linebacker this year, obviously you've got three more uh, with the inside guys, TJ Edwards and Ryan Connolly, along with the outside guy, who's kind of a, uh, a bit of a Swiss army knife potentially at the next level. And Andrew Van Ginkle, I uh, just kind of wanted your opinion on, on uh, UW, like I said, kind of being a, a bit of a linebacker factory over the past few years. And um, you know, what you like about those three prospects. Because they can play the run number one. And that's again, because they go up against their own offense every day in practice. So, their run fits are always, always solid. They're stout at the point of attack. They use their hands really well. It's fun to see Van Ginko get to this point because he was he was at South Dakota, and you know we cover a lot of FCS football here. And I was like, wow, this dude is going to be a monster for South Dakota. And then he transferred to the JUCO, then transferred to uh, Wisconsin. So I was surprised he left South Dakota, but he has turned himself into a pro prospect. I just think that he kind of flatlined. Um, and has been the same player, and you want to see a little bit more twitchiness coming from him. But again, another guy that, that has been productive, has the uh, the requisite length, and play, playing with length is, is, is important. He does that. Um, but I see him as more of a late-round special teamer type uh, that can play situationally in the pinch, you know. And so 
I, I like him. I like Edwards. But again, you, you like these guys as run defenders because we know that's something that they can do um, really well because of what they face each and every day at practice. Um, one more thing, uh, I guess, for for people that aren't familiar with Emery, uh, he played running back at, at the former Louisiana Lafayette. And I believe it's just University of Louisiana, correct? Absolutely. Um, but uh, give me your thoughts. So Alec Ingold was the only true fullback. Uh, we talked to him a bit earlier. Um, he was the only true fullback invited to the Senior Bowl and the Combine as well. Um, so as a former running back, someone I guess that would appreciate uh, all the different uses and, and value of a fullback. Tell me how Alec Ingold kind of fits into the in today's league. The fullback isn't a, a league-wide position like it has been in the past. Um, you know, so maybe that's, that's to his advantage. But, um, you know, tell me what an NFL team is getting with Alec Ingold. A guy that, that can definitely play in the NFL in today's game because we know how it is. Things are cyclical. You know, um, as much as everybody talks about it's a passion league, it always goes back to can you run the ball, can you play good defense. And, and a guy like Ingold not only can block as obvious by his position, but the fact that he's also a guy that you have to account for in the passing game. And, you know, I mean, not, not saying that you have to flex him out and let him run routes down the field, but in the short dump off area, maybe you even throw a fullback screen there. He can be valuable and also has good run after the catch skills, in my opinion. So he definitely fits. And I, I love the energy that he has. And I like how teams are, are still finding ways to get guys like Ingo on the roster, whether it's an H back or a single back where you're going to have him, uh, you know, sometimes take carries like a Zach line or a John Kuhn, um, who played with the Packers. But Ingold is a guy that I normally there's about 10 fullbacks that I would, that I had earmarked for my grades. Um, and guys that are, you know, maybe bigger backs that will probably transition to fullback Ingold great. I was number one fullback and he plays a position exactly how you draw it up. And also plays the new age position, how you draw it up. Because, again, he's not a guy that's shocked by the ball when it comes his way. So you saw that down at the senior bowl, a dude that can catch football really well. And on tape, he's excellent in that regard, too. And, and again, a, a nice goal line option that can have some success. You know, Emery, you know, we, we talked about, you know, the first Badger drafted. But, you know, we, we've also, you know, in your opinion, you know, who is the most underrated Badger on your board right now, in your opinion? I would say it's Michael Dieter. I, I, I don't think a lot of people are talking about him enough. Um, because, again, we, we hear, and maybe this is just because you're in the media and you kind of see it, um, kind of replay constantly. People are talking about the same 15 players. Like you watch a Path to the Draft show and they pull you in with all these cool graphics and intros, but they end up talking about the same three quarterbacks um and the same you know running back from alabama they show his two highlights and they they don't talk about any anybody else you know they may talk about the the, the big offensive lineman or the defensive lineman from alabama whoever it is that particular season so i don't think a lot of people are, are really talking about michael Dieter as being a plug and play guy i like his ability and not just in the running game but also in pass pro so i think that's the one that's being undervalued and underrated right now from a from the uh, program Oh, one thing too, I know you mentioned with the linebackers, what do you see if, I mean, and we talked a little bit with the linebacker factory with Ryan Connolly, like how, how do you see him fitting within the defenses of the NFL, former walk on he emerged, you know, in the LSU game in 2016, that season opener when Chris Orr went down with that reported ACL tear, but how is, I know last year he 
you know, he told us before the combine that he actually tore a couple of, you know, tore the abdominal muscles off his pubic bone. So he was even a little hampered there, but what did you see out of him? Uh, and when, how could he, you know, where could he fit in an NFL defense? I think he's a special teamer, man. I just don't think he has the, the twitchiness that you want. And you want to, you want somebody at the end of the day, yeah, you can make a lot of tackles. You can, you know, find yourself around the football. But at some point at that position, you have to bang on an offensive player, whether it be a guard, tackle, tight end. And I, I just don't see that from him. So I see him as a, you know, a, a spot duty guy, special teamer, then spot duty guy. Because, again, despite it being a passing league and having to play out in space, I get all that. But if you can't really, you know, get physical when it's time to have that physical discussion, then you, you're not really – you're essentially a strong safety and not a linebacker. And one more question from my end. Uh, you know, I know you have Taiwan Deal, who was injury-plagued for most of his career, comes back with a admirable, uh, I'd say impressive 2018 campaign as, the, as a compliment to Jonathan Taylor at tailback. But then you also have a, a nose tackle and Olive Sangapalu, who, you know, is around 320, 330. Uh injured the last part of the year after um, dislocating his shoulder against Northwestern, as he told us uh, last week. But, uh, you know, for those guys, is un- I believe, if I'm not mistaken, probably undrafted free agents. So, you know, where do you see them and, and, and where do they best fit? Well, it is. It, I think they're definitely going to be undrafted free agent type players. Um, the biggest concern is just the injury. Um, and, you know, the old cliche, your best ability is your availability. And if the NFL can find a reason to keep you out of the league, they will. And so for them, it's going to be proven that they can be healthy and and, and withstand the rigors of an NFL training camp. Um, the most important thing for them is to get on with the team. Is Right now, I always tell guys, like, you want to start studying depth charts and studying your position to give yourself the best chance to make the team. And not just make the team, but make sure you get to camp. Because a lot of guys, you know, will probably only get a tryout basis. Um, and won't even make the 90-man roster to go to camp, to go to minicamp, and to go to training camp. So it's really up to those two guys to find out where teams lack after the draft, go there, impress, stay healthy, stay in in tip-top shape. I know that's easier said than done, um, but just prove that they can, uh, you know, stay healthy. And I think because they have, obviously, football talent and football skill playing at Wisconsin and they have productive film out there, it's just about making sure they're able to showcase that by staying healthy and being able to maximize the reps because the reps will be small. So whether you get one rep or two reps, you, you you have to be able to step up to the plate and make it happen. You can't be nursing the injury, riding a bike, this you know, and missing out on your one or two reps that you're going to get. And sometimes that may all you get may that's that may be the only reps you get um, that day or even that week. So you got to be really available to make your, your opportunity um, to, to have your, your chances increase in trying to make the team. All right. And, and one last question, Emory here. I know you're a busy guy. We'll get you out of here. Uh, and I think we've kind of answered it in parts uh, throughout this, this interview, but um, you know, if you had to, if you had to put money on uh, which Badger will be the most successful at the next level um, you know, you've mentioned Dieter and, and obviously his, his versatility is uh, pretty impressive. And then, um, you know, Alec Ingold as well with, uh, his ability, you know, I believe he had 20 and Jake can fact check me on this. I believe he had like 
21 touchdowns and like 119 career touches or something, uh, which is just some crazy efficiency. Um, You know, out of those two, which do you think will be the most successful um, in the NFL? Do you think it'll be Dieter or or Ingold with his, um, you know, his his ability in these these offenses now with a lot of the outside zone and and trying to play as much 21 personnel as possible? I I would say it's Dieter. Um, And if Kansas City didn't re-sign Anthony Sherman, I would have pegged him right there in Kansas City because they do a good job of using the fullback um, exclusively in their offense. So it'll be interesting to see where Ingold ends up, but I would say Dieter easily. All right, Emily, Emily, thank you very much. Um, You know, very much appreciated. Uh, Like I said, we know you're a busy guy, and and obviously with the draft coming up tomorrow, um, you know, we're all eagerly anticipating the draft and, and all that. Tell the people where we can find your work. They can find me or follow my work on Twitter at FBallGamePlan, at FootballGamePlan.com, and also subscribe to the Football Game Plan Network located at YouTube.com slash FootballGamePlan. Everyman has been great having you on the show. We'd love to have you back on down the road and uh, and talk more NFL draft, talk more Badgers, and, and, uh, and uh, yeah, we'd love to have you back on. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, get some rest. Uh, yeah, I know. After this, take a nice vacation. After, after all everything going on with with uh, you told us about your your radio spots and and everything going on. Get some rest, man. Uh, and and you know after this break, get, take a vacation, uh, and we'll talk to you soon. It won't be a vacation, but we'll be in Canada starting the two to, two <laughs> the twenty twenty clock uh, scouting up there. So I'll be in Ottawa right after the draft, about a week after the draft. So. It'll be a vacation, but it won't be a vacation in terms of how normal people view it. (laughs) Uh, That's awesome. Emery Hunt joined the show. We'll take a quick break. Come right back. Wrap up the show here on Bucky's fifth podcast. We are now wrapping up the show. Another multi-episode week here at Bucky's fifth quarter at Bucky's fifth podcast and Owen, oh, uh, great guest. Uh, one of your friends, Emery hunt, make sure you guys go to footballgameplan.com uh, for all your draft needs. And uh, just based on him, like there, he is the busiest man in the business. So I'm, I'm impressed. One thing, Owen uh, coming up this week, uh, we might have one more podcast. If I get Jason Galloway up, I might talk to him just talking about, uh, I want to talk about the quarterbacks after the eight open practices that have been open to the media uh, talking about this laying out. I think we're going to do, I want to do a big layout just to let everyone know my thoughts, Jason's thoughts on, on what we've seen through these open practices to the media. And, but also next week, I'm sure we'll have some NFL draft analysis. The we'll probably talk about the Housers officially visiting Wisconsin uh, for basketball, which you already, for those that don't know, if you didn't see the tweet by Wisconsin regarding uh champion, yeah, about the uh, champions play here. And they noted all the state champions for basketball alongside uh, their, their UW picture. So we'll see if that's effective, uh, but we kind of saw right off the bat what, what was going on with that particular social, social media post, but obviously to, uh, more spring football retrospective, some NFL draft analysis. Well, all of that coming up next week here on Bucky's Fifth Podcast. And Owen, where can they find us and what type of ratings should they give us? That's right. So uh, 
gentle listeners, uh, beautiful people. Um, <laughs> you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, and anywhere else that you can find podcasts. We uh, we we do our best to make the show as entertaining as possible for y'all and get uh, great guests like uh, my my pal Emery. Uh, and so please let us know uh, if there's people that you want us to have on the show. Let us know. Uh, please um and yeah like i said let us know what we do well uh let us know what we suck at and what we can improve at so um you know obviously I always appreciate feedback from you guys and uh you said always enjoy doing the podcast so um hopefully you guys enjoy it as much listening to it as we enjoy doing it like i said any feedback is encouraged and appreciated awesome on that note let's take it home from here owen and i have bunch of NFL draft stuff to continue to do. You'll guys will see, make sure you guys check out Bucky's fifth quarter.com for all the written stuff as well. We have of course, Owen's predictions of his projections where badgers will go. We'll also have once each badgers drafted, we will obviously have something up pretty much immediately right after there. Uh, Cause I'll be stationed at my couch for the better part of all the draft. Uh, and then also, Make sure you guys check out all of our Badger Tracker draft, undrafted free agents. We'll be trying to keep it, get in touch with those in the know about where your favorite Badgers go if they are not selected on from Thursday through Saturday. So be sure to check that out as well. Uh, and then, of course, we'll have spring football recaps and whatnot. That's my entire next week for that matter. And then hopefully I get a little bit of a vacation, but we'll see how that goes. Um, but for Owen Reese, I am Jake Okorowski. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you. Gosh, we'll talk to you next week or early. Gosh, even later this week here. Five star reviews. (laughs) Five star reviews indeed here on Bucky's fifth podcast.